Welcome back to Hartwin's Building Sustainability Podcast. I'm Jeffrey Hart, and this is episode number three. This episode is with Emma Appleton. Emma is a builder that I have known for a few years now. She gave a talk at an event I organised last year, and the title of her talk was How Can Our Businesses Be Anti-Capitalist, and Is That Even Possible? The central focus was a list of 100 ways to make this happen, Quite a lot of our Heartwind students were at that event and this talk was the absolute highlight for them. In this episode we talk a little bit about building site culture, what she's experienced as a woman working in a predominantly male industry and we discuss some of her wonderful list items in a bit more depth. If I were a better interviewer I would have asked her at the beginning uh, to elaborate why, why we would want an anti-capitalist business. But I'm not. So do stay listening right to the end when I remember to ask it. So before we started recording the interview, we were discussing the need to find a niche. Uh, and Emma was telling me how she's find, trying to find her her real, uh, you know, very specific niche. Um, so when we mention niches at the beginning of the podcast, that's why we're so amused by it. Emma also mentioned a podcast that she really loves, uh, which is by Sophie Hagen, who is a comedian, writer and podcaster. I have just downloaded the whole schlep of them and I'm really looking forward to getting into it. The tag of this one is Made of Human podcast and uh, it's a podcast in which I speak to people about life and how they do it. Often it turns out that no one really knows how to do life. So we end up just having a chat about that. Um, yeah, very much looking forward to getting into that. Okay, I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. So to to broadly uh, yeah. describe you, yeah, 
natural builder? Would that be a would that be the the term you use? I don't. Uh, yeah, it would describe me. I don't use the term natural builder. Right. Um. I do. I use the word builder, mm-hmm. which I suppose it isn't very niche. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the reason why. Some partly is the reason why is because I don't. It feels more of a statement being a woman and being a builder sure. rather than taking that any further. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I do do all of the work I do is now I'm working on my own terms is with natural or eco yeah. materials. So would you turn down work if it wasn't like to your? the exactly to your sort of moral approach or yeah so it's a really good question um so no is probably the answer because so for example this there's a there's a renovation that i'm doing it's coming up in a couple of months mm-hmm. and it will it will probably end up being all natural insulation it's um it's all being re-roofed yeah. And um, it will end up being lime plastered, probably. Mm-hmm. But th- I am still having that conversation with the client. Yeah. And so it's, it's balancing her budget and yes. space requirements and um, and the choice of natural materials. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm not going in there saying these are the only the materials that I'll use. Yeah. Yeah, that the the balance of well budget usually is the one of the major uh points isn't it but yeah yeah what's what's the dream of natural local sustainable as well and then what can you actually afford yeah. <laughs> we work backwards from the from the uh the ideal yes yeah and i, I think partly that is somewhere where I'd like to get get to is choosing only project, mm-hmm. projects where I'm sure that there's that shared commitment between me and the client. Yeah. Um, and I'm really aware of compromises that I'm making as, you know, I'm in a new town setting this up and, in, um, and kind of navigating all of that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm aware. I'm aware of that. And it does seem, though, at the end of the conversations that i've been having so far that people are opting towards natural materials anyway but that's definitely down to it's not down to luck but it's down to the conversation rather than me stating this is the only thing i'll do right maybe you're just a very good uh, salesperson yeah just <laughs> a good negotiator <laughs> yeah so yeah i mean i um i, I take those jobs the you know the the carpentry jobs or the you know plastery with the wrong materials yeah wrong is a strong word but uh <laughs> yeah the ones that i don't believe in so much yeah yeah and sometimes you just need to pay the rent or to eat or yeah <laughs> so absolutely but yeah it's nice it's definitely in my work i'm on a on a path to being just doing the bits i want to do yeah and it's so much nicer yes yeah absolutely yeah um so i thought well actually i thought we would start i got you a gift oh (laughs) this is for you wow 
a podcast unwrapping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How exciting. So that is from the International Futures Forum. Have you heard of them? No. So they are, I've had to write down uh, what they're about. They are developing a body of ideas and philosophy philosophies <laughs> <laughs> about how to make sense of today's uh, complex world. Wow. And they're specifically looking at how you deal with um, sort of conflicts and um, education. And, and wow. so that is uh, what they call a kit bag. It looks fantastic. So it's a kit bag that helps you become calm, share feelings and build relationships with others. Developed for use in groups and families. Most elements are best explored with other people. However, animal and presence cards can be used on your own. Wow, so it's a series of little cards, all with beautiful words on them, like trust, magic, understanding, and lovely pictures like this Uh, little dog. Lovely little dog. Lovely little dog, (laughs) who's very understanding. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then, uh, yeah, there's the the colours. Uh, colours bit I think it's so that when you're discussing an idea or or just generally sort of checking in with people Mm. um, you can pick a colour that represents how you're feeling rather than trying to Mm -hmm. trying to find the the word or the emotion or and then the presence one about kit presence kit bags presence cards these cards help you to calm your mind so there, so this one, imagine a really stormy lake gradually becoming calmer and calmer until it is glassy still. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> breathe in, thinking about compassion. Breathe out, thinking about forgiveness. Wow, these are lovely. And these are made for any kind of groups working together to, yeah. to be able to have that kind of to be able to deepen the conversation about feelings and and it's always so the presence cards are kind of bring you back that's why they're like so bringing you back to yourself yes so i think i think there's a little instructions there but i think the idea is that you start with the presence card to sort of set the the okay yes you know get you in tune with your your body your emotions yeah and then it suggests different ways that you can use the, the uh, what do they call these ones? The feelings cards. Feelings cards. What a brilliant present. Ah, good. I'm Thank glad you, you like it. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's great. Well, do you want to uh, choose a feelings card? Yes. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Shall I, I shuffle them? Yeah. Shall I shuffle them? Yeah, you don't want me gaming your... Uh... Yeah, totally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right on the top. You feel ecstatic to be doing this podcast. <laughs> right. Oh, blimey. What have you got? Authority. Ooh. Yeah. Feeling is with authority. Mm. <laughs> we were, I, was thinking, I was thinking about authority actually the other day. In terms of business and my construction business, mm. and how so at the moment, as I was saying before, I'm at this point where I'm um, 
doing some fairly different projects to each other. Yeah. Um, and saying yes to a lot of things, mm. actually, having moved to a new place and um, seeing it all as a really, as an experiment. Yeah. Kind of testing out how I'm, in, how much I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. How, um, and also te- testing out different ways of working with clients and, and, do, and, the kind of business practices that I'm bringing in. Yeah. And there was, so the reason why I was thinking about authority was the thing of it being a, it feels like a, like a, a reflection point. Right. For, for me at the moment in my business. And it got me thinking about, well, that joy of just having done this for a certain number of years mm-hmm. and, um, getting to the point where I've got a bank of experience behind me and just how lovely that is. It was like just a moment of, oh, that's such a lovely feeling. <laughs> and it's not necessary. I think that um, I don't, it, authority might not be quite the right word, but in terms of just, it, it feels, it does feel like authority, even, even mm. if that's about um, autonomy over my own, um, choices and decisions decisions about where I take my business next. Yeah. Like, based on this bank of experience, which just felt really nice. Nice. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, what colour is oh, that? Oh, what colour <laughs> is that? Well, there's, uh, I'm drawn towards the red because it's exciting. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with the red. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to pick one? Yeah, I'd love to. Oh, oh, yeah, so I've turned that over. Love. Ah! Oh, wonderful. Um, hmm, and a lovely picture of a dove. It isn't, I was going to say seagull, but it is a dove. <laughs> You're looking at it upside down. <laughs> I think that's a dove. Maybe? I'm sure, I'm sure it's a dove. <laughs> it is a dove. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Like is it, yeah. A colour? It's hard because I just want to pick my favourite colour. Yeah, I think that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> What's my emotion? What, how am I feeling? I think it's this sort of, Ooh, uh, what lovely. is that, sort of teal? Teal, yeah. Really nice. Yeah, there's a calm feeling that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's calm before the storm, actually. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, um, you can use this in your your quest to to make building sites better. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, mini kit bag. It's fantastic. Thank you very much. Oh, you're most welcome. Yeah. Um, so. I was going to start with, before I discovered those, um, I was going to start with um, interesting similarities in our life. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Because I think we first met four or five years ago. Yes. Yeah. And you were teaching uh, for straw work. Yes. Is it still Strawworks or is it School of Natural Building by then? I'm not sure. <laughs> One of the two. Yeah. <laughs> um, you were teaching uh, load-bearing straw, um, which I'd, I'd never done. I'd only ever done infill. This uh, was on the Leicester. 
It was, yeah. That yeah, filled. Funny one that was in a old Victorian dump with like broken bottles and stuff all around. Yes. And then under a barn roof. Yeah. Um, yeah, really interesting little little build. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's this. Uh, both of us are doing this building in natural, with natural materials. Yes. Um, but then there was also, I think at that point, you were just moving off of your boat. And I think I was just moving on to my boat. <laughs> yes. um, and I kept seeing your boat around London as well, your old one. Oh, really? Yeah. And I go, oh, <laughs> <this> boat. <laughs> oh, great. Um, so, yeah, that was a, a nice little parallel. And then um, more recently, uh, Prince's Foundation. Was, yes. Um, something we've both taken part in yeah which you did first and then i followed you yeah yeah so it's like, uh yeah sort of swapping um what am i trying to say <laughs> I, don't know. I did try and get the same van as you did you but they were so hard to get hold of that I didn't the manage. suzuki carry yeah but when i saw you have that four or five years ago in leicester i was like i really want one of those <laughs> And then I, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't manage to pull that off. Yeah. Otherwise that could have been another little thing that we could have added to our parallel lives. (laughs) I wonder how many more things we could bury into and yeah, it is incredible, isn't it? How that does happen with people mm. who are interested in similar things and then start ending up in. The same places or going on the same travel journeys. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was watching your TED Talk last night. Uh-huh. Very well done. Thank that you. must have been uh, quite nerve-wracking. It was, it was very nerve-wracking, yeah. You did exceptionally well. Thank you. Um, how did that all come about? I... Asked them if I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, he, and actually, embarrassingly, the way he introduced me, so it was at Aberystwyth University. It was mm-hmm. a, so a TEDx talk, which happened, lots of small ones all over. Mm-hmm. So, they, so I always thought it would be a really hard thing to get to do a TEDx talk, but I um, saw that they were having an event and emailed him and said, please, may I do a talk? Mm. And he rang me immediately and said... Yes, <laughs> we've got one <laughs> one space left. And then, yeah, so the, the kind of slightly embarrassing way that he introduced me on when I was doing it was that he said, so here's, this is Emma, and she's the only person that contacted me wanting to do this talk. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone else I reached out to because I really, <laughs> I knew that they were really fantastic. I said, oh, thanks, Clive. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, I just, the reason, so I did, as you know, the talk at the Straw Bale, Big Straw Bale Gathering, mm-hmm. which you invited me to do, which was really, which was kind of the beginning of yeah. getting my thoughts in order about building site culture. Yeah. And the way our business is a part of that. And then, and after doing that, I just didn't want to lose the momentum. And because I'm the kind of person that, does lose momentum unless I've got a deadline mm-hmm. ahead. That's why I contacted the Aberystwyth University to do that. And it was good to to kind of take... I wanted to take it... So the talk that I did for the 
yeah, the big straw bale gathering was very was much more about business. Mm-hmm. And then the TEDx talk, I wanted it to focus down on a critique of building site culture. Yeah. And then possible new futures in that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was really, it was it was a really important process for me to go through to like hone hone that a bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was very. Very well done. It was great. Um, <laughs> I the, the some of the things that you said on there were uh, shocking, like in terms of building site practices. I mean, mm. I've I've not been on too many big building sites, sort yeah. of development level. Um, uh, the idea isn't particularly uh, appealing to me. Yeah. Um. I. You know, I don't think i'm i'm not very much a sort of blokey man and wouldn't really thrive in that situation Mm. um how i mean how do you find those big sites and like the culture within it yeah um so i i have a mixed thing i i mean the whole I have a, an enormous critique of them mm. um, and the way that they um, celebrate a very macho culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and, at, at, and at the same time, I, I have that in myself. Mm-hmm. And when I first started, in an, in an, and I talked a bit about this in the TED Talk, so in an attempt to fit in, I also had an awful lot of fun. Yeah. Because of just really joining in banter and I, f- I found it quite easy to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was only after a bit of time that I realised that it was at the expense of not actually being true to the rest of myself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do, I enjoy a lot, I enjoy some aspects of the culture. I enjoy... Um, but when it comes down to when it, but when it comes down to it, my critique is that it only allows a very certain type of person to thrive yeah. in that culture, um, and it's very detrimental to anyone else trying to be themselves. Yeah. And also, in terms of the the quality of the work that's being delivered, the other side is is actually not as good as it could be. And I think that comes down to the culture. Yeah. Of. Um, it's not supported it's not supported to um do really good to really care about the work mm. and um i suppose in all of these things you know it's not all building sites no no obviously yeah <laughs> and i'm talking from my own experience but having seen this repeatedly um at every large site that i worked on and in, on some smaller sites it's uh yeah, it, it's definitely a, a ingrained culture. Yeah, um, the there's a story told on the the TED talk about uh, the insulation fitters. Yes, would you mind uh, no. kind of talking about that? Yeah, so that, so that was a um, the insulation fitters who never fitted <laughs> the insulation. <laughs> so yeah, so it was a site. Um, so actually, it was a story that was told told to me on a site uh-huh. um, of these guys who um, 
so there's a, a load of insulation that arrived and these guys have been working fitting rigid foam insulation for the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. um and then the, all they saw ahead was putting in more rigid foam insulation and um it's a pretty i mean you must have worked even being a natural builder i think yes. a lot of our ways through mm-hmm. it's in some job you get to work with this really horrible material yep. i spoke to another another guy who told me horrible stories about um what he'd had to about skin problems that he'd got from working with that oh really and specifically of working in a really confined spaces mm. um like buildings that you like <laughs> yeah um, I think he was working in an attic, unventilated attic space. Right. Um, which must have been, which is was really unpleasant, and not necessarily wearing like PPE or anything. Yes. But anyway, so these guys had been doing this for the last two weeks, and then a load more insulation came on site, and the uh, what they decided to do was um, fit insulation into one section of the house and then leave out insulation not put any insulation at all into the rest of the walls and the insulation basically went straight into the skip right and then it was plasterboarded over and the section of wall that they insulated was the section that the building inspectors were going to check right um which was which i i mean i can understand the decision that they made because that's what they were doing day in day out and it's a really unpleasant material to work with and they're not the the culture isn't isn't yeah it's not about um it's really hard to be connected to a fantastic end product of a building when all of the um when that's all the only input they were having to that building was putting in this insulation Mm -hmm. being it's like the sort of mcdonald's employee just you know puts a blob of ketchup in and then passes it on yeah, they don't have any. They haven't built the burger. They've yes. Yeah, they're one tiny cog. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's a really stark example of of what's happening in in the building industry when, um, yeah, pe- when the, um, people can just kind of get away with it mm-hmm. because it's such a horrible environment to work in. Yeah, I think you um, you sort of said on uh, the talk that uh, they they kind of teamed up with the the plasterboarding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so sort of thick as thieves. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah it was definitely like a win for them. You know, when they were telling the story, this was a right definitely to be celebrated. I think this happens across loads of different in- industries, hmm. um, and I think it's quite extreme in the building industry because. I suppose because the way that, um, well, it's a very it's it's a pretty low paid industry. Yeah. Um, it's very highly regulated, but not to the point of not about the care of the people on the site. Um, yeah, so it's it becomes really easy for it to happen. Tell me about uh, your experiences with uh, sexism on the work on the the building site. Um, so yes, is that a leading question? Should I? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, no, no. I mean, it's sexism is definitely on the building site, and that's um, yeah. So I haven't. There was an incredible amount of sexism on the building mm-hmm. site, and um, I I received sexism from things like p- people taking um, materials out of my hands, maybe because they think that that I they they might be stronger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, or um, so I suppose mainly it happens nowadays as a more running site that people just assume that the that um, if there's a man working on site as well that they would be um, running it and that I'm yeah. not. Uh, yeah. So it's and I think I suppose something that I was talking about a little bit is about how sexism that it's so different the way different people receive it and um to so to open it out or to get more particular about what the way it happens mm. i might receive very different sexism to um a, a woman who looks much more feminine than i do right um and then there's all there's also a lot of um oppression against men who show any femininity mm-hmm. so and i think that's the way that so there's an idea that um i well i thought for a long time that i was i suppose i thought for a long time that it would be great if there were loads a lot more women working on building sites uh-huh. and then got to a got to a point where i realized that actually it's a whole system that we need to change and it's not just about bringing more women on site because mm-hmm. the culture is affecting all all genders yeah um and in the way that yeah men men can't express no one can express sensitivity and vulnerability and how they're feeling in the morning yeah um and that affects all yeah all of us and then and then on top of that, yes, there have been instances of overt sexism mm-hmm. um, because of being, yeah, because of being identified as a woman. I actually, on the way over here, uh, there was a story on uh, the radio about uh, sort of sexism in statistics mm-hmm. and how you know all of the the worksite gloves are made to fit you know the fifty percentile male hand yeah you know the the workwear the you know the tools uh even um they actually said that surgeons scalpels are sized for you know the male hand and you know some of the female surgeons couldn't properly use them because yeah so there's you know there's the direct kind of sexism you face but then also just the like inherent stuff that there's just always well, it's not always been there, but it's just never been thought about, I think. Yeah. Um, it makes it all, or it has been thought about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even worse, yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, I think that way of just feeling like it's not possible to access mm. is... And it's it's much harder to name that kind of oppression or sexism. It's much harder to name, I don't feel welcome in this place because... It's not being one because I don't see anyone else who looks like me, mm-hmm. but also 
because it, this hasn't been... Um, everything's talking to a very particular kind of yeah. of man. And um, so it's very... so. And after a while, that gets really wearing. Yes. Um, you, um, you made the point of uh, the way tools are named. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I always... The, the reciprocating saw... Uh, the blades on those always have like the destroyer, the punisher, yes. the... No, the punisher. Wow! <laughs> like, oh goodness! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I know that's not a, a subtle tool, but uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely, it's really, um... and it is, and yeah, that's how it's so it, the culture becomes really subtle. Hmm. It's because if you pick any one of those things out, it seems like. Oh come on, just get over it. Yeah. But because it's absolutely everywhere ingrained in the culture, then that that's why it makes such a big difference to how it feels to be in the industry. Yeah. I mean you you um have you always wanted to be a builder? Is it? Um uh, I don't think I thought that it was possible. Right. Um when I was growing up. So I wanted to be an architect. Right, because I thought that was more likely that it was possible for mm-hmm. for me to be, and then um, yeah, it was only much later that I realised, oh, actually, maybe I can do this. Yeah, maybe I can be a builder. That's incredible, isn't it? That well, it's incredible for me to hear that you know, that you thought a job was, or you didn't even assume a job was it sort of in limits. Yes. It's not that it was off limits, but yeah. Yeah, and it really is that thing of if if you can't see it, you can't be it, which is a re- it it really yeah the role models of, mm. of people make a really big difference, I think. So, um, what were there any role models that you did have like in building world? We'll be back after a quick break. Hey there, I'm Mick from the Mick and Pat Show. That's right, and I'm Pat. Looking for a podcast that's like catching up with old friends? Well, you're in luck. We're here to bring you weekly doses of lifestyle commentary, discuss culture and politics, and top it off with the occasional beer and film reviews. But it's not just about us. We're a community. Our listeners are our kin, and we let you all have a say in what we discuss. So saddle up and join the conversation at The Mick and Pat Show. You can check out our website or find us wherever you get your podcasts. When I was growing... Well, no, I don't think I knew anyone who was doing this kind of thing when I was growing up. No. Um, but w- which is why um, working for... I think that the fact that Straw Works and then Amazon Nails existed and there were two women at the forefront of that... Yeah. ...was probably my... But I'd already decided to be a builder before I met them. Uh-huh. <laughs> but definitely, they were the, they were the people... Um, Barbara Jones and B. Rowan were definitely. It it was a it was a joy to see people like them in the industry. Yeah. There's um this is a slight tangent and it's something that makes me chuckle. But yeah. there's a uh, I'm not sure where they're based, but it's a an all women uh, plumbing group. Oh yeah, uh, called Stopcock. Stop yeah, sorry, I've nicked your <laughs> no, that's punchline. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that genuinely like, makes me very, very happy. Yeah. Maybe you could interview her. Yeah. Hattie Hassan. I think she's based in Todmorden. Is she? Yeah. Or oh. close close to Todd anyway. Okay. 
I'll add that to the list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you have made a hundred ways to create a feminist building site. Yes. What's that about? Tell me about that. That is, so I called it a hundred ways to create a anti-capitalist building site. Oh, sorry. Yeah. But, no, but feminist is fine. I mean, it could be feminist, could be I think could be I actually took that off your, your handout. Oh, did I change? Maybe I've changed it since. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think yeah. I did anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, whatever it's called, it is, the idea of it is a practical implementation of um, a changing culture. Mm-hmm. And so um, some of those 100 ways are really tiny little things. Yeah. Um, things that on their own wouldn't seem like they would be this massive social revolution. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, for example, um, number one is is stretch. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that's, so the idea of, so stretching is just such a really simple thing to do. Um, but to do that on a building site... Um, and which is a real, very obvious display of I'm really I'm, I'm making a decision to look after my mm. body um, and take care of myself. I find quite nerve wracking to do on site um, when it's not in the kind of when I mean on an eco building site I don't think I'd find this a problem, mm-hmm. but on the larger house building sites if I'm if if that's a regular practice to do that for me to do that every morning yeah i really have to kind of um well actually i didn't do it on sites i'd do it i'd make sure that i would not be seen as i was stretching mm-hmm. so you'd still do it but just you know hide yeah. from the. and just to make my life a little bit easier of um n- not standing out i suppose yeah um because be- because of the culture of our bodies can do anything, they're machines, mm-hmm. and we still don't, and we don't need to look after them, or we we mustn't be seen to look after them in that way. Yeah. Um. So it's that I. So that's. So yeah, stretching's got that, and so it's incredibly anti-capitalist or feminist to to say actually I'm going to. I'm going to give my body exactly what it needs right now. Yeah. Be nice to yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and make it last longer. Which know. is such a simple thing, isn't mm. it? It's, um, yeah, it's incredible how ingrained it is that um, just doing what the job needs or getting getting on with it, working quicker and faster is, is what we're supposed to be doing rather mm-hmm. than stepping back and thinking, what do I need right now? So that's so yeah. So it's got things like that. It's got um, uh, turn ask before turning the radio on. So major tiny yeah. It's a tiny thing, but it's one thing that also I found I really found makes a massive difference um, to in how in thinking about the impact of how of what we're doing on sites and how that is on other people, including the customer and. Um, other team members yeah well the, i mean the radio is sort of it's a point of uh quite a lot of contention it can really set the mood on a site yeah. uh yeah it's got so much power yeah um and so to turn it off or on is you know it's it's 
kind of a big a big show of a thing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it can be. Yeah. yeah. It's not overgeneralised, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. To step to... To just ask the question, mm. do you do you you know do you mind if we have some music on or um, or the volume of it or and yeah. then to make sure that so sometimes if I'm if I'm doing some bits of work I really don't want the I don't I need to be able to focus and think and I can't do that with the radio on yeah um, and so, yeah and sometimes it's just bla- radio two is blasting out radio <laughs> one as, as loud as it can be yeah and it's yeah it's hard to get around that and then other things i think are more personal i suppose and changing so one of them is uh i'm paraphrasing my own work <laughs> but it will be something like um ask each other how you're feeling in the morning yeah um and remember that um everyone's bringing their own yeah, all all parts of themselves to work so if mm-hmm. someone gets to work and they might have had an argument with someone in the morning or they didn't really sleep very well or their mum's ill or or they've just had a baby you know there's yeah. an incredible number of things that happen to us that we can't compartmentalize when we get into work and just having that moment of time to be able to have that conversation can make a really big difference to yes. the rest of the day. Yeah. I mean, it's both, you know, the, the kind of getting it out there from from the person's point of, point of view, but also, you know, the how you deal with them. Yeah. You know, you can give them a bit more slack if they're, you know, if they've not had any, any sleep, then, yes. you know, they're not going to be working you know, maybe at their, their sort of finest. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And in, um, so that there's the uh, highest suicide rates in the building industry um, than any other industry in the UK. And, um, and that's for particularly for males. Yeah. And, um, and I haven't ever seen support, mental health support for people no. working on building sites. And it's a, and it's a really, um, in permanent um does not there's not a great deal of security for people working on sites mm-hmm. and there's so with a complete lack of job security and all of the concerns and worries and any mental health difficulties that people are bringing and the fact that you have to just put them yeah behind you because you've got to be this you know this expected thing yes. the, in the culture yeah it's a real it's a massive strain mm. So I um I actually uh, noted down some oh, of yes. some of the uh, some of your hundred, um and I well there's some that I've there's I'd like to ask sort of more more about yeah. and then other bits that I think just um, are brilliant. Well, I think the whole thing is brilliant, by the way. Um, the whole so we were mid build when you did your uh, talk at the Big Strawberry Gathering. Yeah, all of the students came away. Just like oh, you know, the, the list, the list, the list, and we had sort of certain copies in the in the um, the marquee that we um, that we had as our sort of common area. Oh, and, great! Yeah, That's brilliant. So yes, very much hit home, and also yeah, for me personally, you know, I'm someone that is running a building site, and there's a few things in here that's like, oh yeah, of course, that hadn't occurred to me. Happily, there's a few things 
as well, which, yeah. you know, our standard practice. And yeah, but it's a really good thing. So uh, I thought, well, the first three, I think, were all exceptional. Uh, number two, uh, drink water. Yes. <laughs> which uh, made me think a lot about uh, one of the, the most influential people in my sort of education uh, was a guy called Eric in Utah. Mm -hmm. And he, I think he actually used drinking water as uh, if he ever got antsy or like get a bit tetchy mm. he'd remember to drink water because that gave him the i think the space to wow but he'd you know you'd hear him like holler across the building site like drink water <laughs> and then and it'd be like oh eric's a little bit stressed and then everyone would drink water and <laughs> yeah <and> carry on <laughs> that's fantastic it's a really nice thing yeah <laughs> um but yeah drinking drinking water like yeah it, it sh shouldn't be uh yeah a revolutionary thing to suggest but yeah it's not done no uh can't say not done but it's largely not done yeah and it's really interesting the way you talked about it is that it's a moment of stopping and reflecting mm. or it's all all of these things have these added mental health benefits as well as obviously the physical health of yes you need being water hydrated yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I, I mean a lot like stretch and drink water they're both a massive reminder to myself because i'm yeah i i can i'm definitely someone who wants to push my body as far as it can mm. go without thinking about it and will not drink water because i'm too thinking well i could just i could just get this done yeah and you know oh, i've gone up you know i've gone up the scaffold now i'm not going to go down and even though yeah, so becoming, I'm, I very easily become disconnected from my body. Yeah. Um, so they're definitely a reminder to myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so uh, I'll come back to number three, but uh, number 19, if it hurts, stop. Yes. Brilliant. Again, you know, <laughs> why do we have to say that? But it's, yeah. You know, the, the sort of, uh, the mentality of just, you know, sh sort of shrug it off or, you know, mm. ignore it. Or... Yeah. You know, it's within our, certainly myself. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've had a lot of conversations with guides on site talking about the amount of pain that they're in mm. um, and carrying on regardless. And just b because of partly not to, yeah, well, I suppose very much to do with the culture because there's no one there in the same way that I didn't have a role model to go into, into the industry. Mm. I hardly see any role models of people demonstrating looking after their bodies so it's yeah if it hurts stop <laughs> yeah um so number three uh was create comfortable time frames with plenty of wiggle room yeah uh, i mean again i I've, i'm just gonna have to stop myself saying brilliant after everyone <laughs> but there's um there's the permaculture principle uh which is use small and slow solutions okay uh and you know, you've sort of directly linked it I, I don't know if that was intentional in any way. No, I didn't know that. But, um, yeah, it's something I've been thinking about a lot. It's mm. giving more time. Um, well, all of the benefits of that. Yes. Yeah. The, the sort of one downside I felt of our last build was that we were always chasing. Yeah. You know, chasing the time and, and it took away some of the, the sort of simple pleasures of it. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah so i wish we'd we'd given ourselves a bit more yeah it's really i think it is yeah it's a really hard one to do i think yeah definitely especially because when you know time is money and the client is paying for that you feel like you have to get it done yeah. yeah, as quick as you can. Yeah. Well, I was talking about that with the, um, as a woman I'm working with doing this line plastering job. Mm-hmm. And she was saying that uh, she finds that for her back, if she just lies, if she lies down mm-hmm. over, um, so her back arches and she's lying down kind of over something in the yeah. middle of the day, it makes such an incredible difference to how much, how she's working, how she's feeling. But she was saying she really felt like she couldn't because her time was her client's money. Mm. So she was constantly working in that with that with that um, way of way of thinking. And I think that is definitely it. it it's really easy to get caught up in that, isn't it? Which yeah, I suppose so. is only one aspect of create comfortable timeframes with plenty of wiggle room. Mm. But that's that's one reason why I think it's hard to give ourselves the simple pleasures. It's because of always thinking, well, this should, this job should be as cheap as possible. Yeah. And um, we must make sure that we're just constant, constantly working. And it makes it really difficult if we don't have that wiggle room to be able to address things like that address sexism and racism when it happens mm. to um do all the learning that oh it's so much learning that's happening on yeah our building sites and if the if everything's a rush then it it's really hard to yeah take the time to make the next one different yeah um so you touched on it there number five yeah uh so discuss sexism racism homophobia and all prejudices informally formally and every time it happens yeah so tell me more about that that (laughs) so i think that this i think this is a social revolution Mm -hmm. if doing that is a social revolution (laughs) and um because one of the ways that we stay living in a culture that supports sexism and racism and 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 these different oppressions is because we're not bringing them into the light and talking about them mm-hmm. and um it takes a lot of practice and courage in that to do that and yeah yeah courage yeah. to to stop and say hold on what you said there is um di- you know that's a direct pressure towards someone else and to have that conversation with someone mm. but the more we do it i think the easier it's going to be yeah and the more we do it the more the easier it is to see it in the first place i know the amount of times when i've gone through the day and then an hour later i'll be i'll be cont- you know doing sawing a piece of wood and think wow that what that person just said or did was actually that that was a sexist comment towards me or right and and I would have and I don't realize until later <laughs> yeah because of just not you know slowly building up the practice mm-hmm. of identifying it and then speaking about it yes and I suppose um inaction is seen as kind of acceptance as well so if you don't yeah. pull someone up on it you know then yeah it's like you're you're giving them thumbs up keep going that's that's fine yeah absolutely yeah 
we were talking about that um, with a group of apprentices with the prince, with, on the Prince's Foundation mm-hmm. apprenticeship. I, I did a workshop with them about um, about this, and um, talking about where how comfortable people feel with standing up for themselves and then standing up for other people mm. in a situation like that. And so many people, and I do this as well, talked about jokes that they'd come up with in order to brush it off. Right. Or, um, yeah, ways that they'd managed to diffuse a situation without having, basically in order for it not to turn into a conflict. Yeah. Because it is really... Because the majority of people, I think, don't want conflict. No. And we're not schooled in how to deal with conflict in a non-violent way. Mm. If anything does come, when things like this do come up. So the easiest way to deal with anything is just to um, bundle it up, make a joke out of it, and then move on as quickly as possible. Yeah. And so that's... But to, to, to actually really talk about the crux of it is... Yeah. Well, I um, I'm actually one session into uh, nonviolent communication ah. evening courses. OK. Um, yeah, uh, it's, it, it's something I've I've I picked up on, like that avoiding conflict mm. um, and actually then later on either like kicking myself because I didn't you know, say what I truly thought. Mm-hmm. or believed in or just let things happen that you know where i was just you know, trying to keep my head down and and stuff yeah so having that ability to talk about things in a non-confrontational way is, yes yeah oh great yeah that's, that's really good trying to be better yeah <laughs> we, all, we all are <laughs> oh so i really enjoyed uh understand that there's always more than one right way yes <laughs> that's a real building site thing isn't it Mm -hmm. everyone's got their own way and that's the right way yeah 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 actually that came comes directly from um the dismantling um uh an organization called dismantling racism works Uh um and uh someone called tema okun um wrote a report called the white supremacy culture Mm -hmm. and so he's identified the different um Actually, I've said he, but I need. To, I don't. I don't actually know the pronoun okay. of that person. Um, so yeah, they've identified the different characteristics of um, white supremacy culture, and one of the things is there's only one right way. Right. So that it's a fantastic re- report, mm. and um, yeah, so, so some of the that that came directly from that. Huh. It's. I mean, it's sort of stood out to me because um one of my my little phrases that i will say a lot on the building site is um there's no right and wrong only consequences <laughs> and that comes directly from being a snowboard instructor and you know you can snowboard however you like yeah but the consequences are that you might not be able to do it you know, turn as fast or you might be mm. unstable and um there's different forms of right yes <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 
And it's a way, as soon as knowing that, as soon as you know that there's more than one right way, it's much easier to listen and learn mm. about how other people are doing things, isn't it? Yes, and seeing what their right is as well, what the yeah. end product that they're actually trying to get to yeah. is the right thing that they're thinking, but maybe it's different from what the building needs or from yes. you know, what other people need. Or... Yeah, yeah. So I've got a couple couple more for you. Uh, the, the one I enjoyed a lot was uh, create a comfortable and luxurious tea break hut. Yes. <laughs> um, what's, what, what's your thinking behind that? Well, it's directly inspired from sitting in a lot of really rotty, horrible <laughs> tea break huts. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and just... And it comes back to self-care mm-hmm. and how radical that is and looking after ourselves and our bodies and the difference it makes. And it, it, that it's so much easier to have a vulnerable and difficult and challenging conversation if you're on a comfy seat yeah, uh, with a clean mug and somewhere to dry your clothes. Mm-hmm. So there's always a knock-on effect back to how... Coming back to the relationship which is, in my opinion, where social, the social revolution happens, uh-huh. is that those individual relationships between people and really focusing on that minutiae of how our world is working. Yeah. Um, and if we're doing that from a place of comfort and, yeah, luxury. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it's, it, it also marks out a site to look... One way of changing culture is for things to look physically different. Yeah. And if to walk onto a site where we're really celebrating those more domestic aspects of site life, because every time we're setting up a new building site, it's like this little mini temporary, Mm. potentially utopian society where you can create a new, you know, we've got that opportunity to create a new culture. And if that looks different to what to what our expectations of a, a building site are, yeah, then um, it's it's easier, I think, for our minds to think, oh, okay, so here is somewhere where I'm going to act differently, yeah, because I can see that someone is taking care, someone's wanting to take care of me, and so it's much easier to respond in a in a um, more open way. Yeah, well, that I mean, that leads perfectly onto it. <laughs> I'm not going to keep going on these. I mean, it's, is this list available somewhere for, for people to... It ought to be on it. I just, it's totally an admin fail that I have to put it on the website. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but maybe by the time, I don't know when this will be, you'll do the, you'll I'm send these I'm not sure when it will go out. But... So but hopefully by that time. Great. Yeah, I'll give you a heads up. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so available on emmaappleton.co.uk. Yes. Um, so the final one, 100, was be prepared for a building site to be a transformative place for everyone involved. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and listening to the students, that are, or apprentices, do you call the people? Oh, students. Students on your building site, it's quite clear that it's a transformative place um and i think people were saying that directly to me at the straw bale building gathering yeah after you know hearing that number 100 Mm -hmm. yeah being with jeffrey for 10 weeks is 
transformative. Um, oh, I'm, I'm blushing a little bit. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, good. Um, I'm I'm pleased that we're we're succeeding. I mean, it's. Oh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> don't say anything. Just accept it. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. So I, I'm just going to finish. There's a few. I was, I've been thinking about my own list. Oh, great. Um, and there's a few that I wanted to, to run by you. Yay. Um, see how they how they landed with you. So this is something we, we do already is um, well, I've written create a lifting friend culture. Um, we always, so Joe and I will always ask for a friend to lift things. Mm-hmm. And it's... Yeah, it's the default. Yeah, arm goes up. I need a lifting friend. Yeah, uh, and and that kind of feel goes into. Uh, That's really I really like that. I like in um, lifting friend. It's just a really nice way that it's coined as well. It's, uh, yeah, brilliant. And then especially if it's just a, so on your site, does it get to a point where you don't even have to? You know, people are expecting. Yes. So people are looking yeah. out for that kind of thing. Sort of queuing up to, ready to, to take the other handle of the drug. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um, and so directly sort of with that is uh, half fill buckets. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, my goodness. I'm so terrible at that. <laughs> and I'm, I was thinking, I've definitely been thinking that this week, that I, that I must do that. That's a fantastic one. It's, fa- it's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> And it's definitely a, a habit, mm. and um, and yeah, if it becomes a habit to and it, and then the buckets last longer. Yeah. Not only do we last longer, <laughs> but the bucket that is brilliant. And the amount of things you bump into and like break when you're carrying something too heavy. And... Yeah. Great. <laughs> this one, I mean, this one is probably directly related to um, what I'm doing at the moment, but um, reduce sugar snacks at break time. Oh, I feel that maybe that's a little bit, uh, well, sort of authoritative, um, but I've given up sugar for the last month and a half now. Great. And why this this came about was uh, getting the job finished last year. Mm. Like the biscuits came out every yeah every break time, and yeah. then I'd sort of eat one, and then because I was a bit hungry and tired, I'd eat two and three, and then I'd have a spike, yeah. and then I'd be frustrated, yeah, uh, and you know a crash, and not really be able to function properly. Yeah, and it's actually you know just fuel. I think I think I can word that better, but it's it's something about the right fuel going in. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think. Um, well, I've also given up sugar for that. Oh, yeah. nice. But exactly for that energy. We're so similar. Yeah, yeah, totally. We knew we'd find another one where we'd have parallel lives. <laughs> and it is exactly for that reason of the, to have a more level energy mm. throughout the day. And, yeah, and to have more availability of fruit on building sites yeah. or other ways of Nutrition. snacking nuts rather than rather than sugary biscuits can really make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. Well, I won't go on with this too much. So one more uh, is uh, carve spoons. <laughs> <laughs> there's, so, there's a whole... I'm not, in the, I'm not really in the 
carving spoon area but of, of building life but um I always find that because there's those t-shirts aren't there there was it's always it's quite a dogmatic like carve spoons what's that one do you even carve bro oh yeah oh in Thomas's uh, right yeah. yeah so people are very it must change your life well I mean I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for <laughs> carving you know, a few hundred spoons. Um, <laughs> well, it's, I think it's um, sort of there's a moment when I've been teaching quite a lot of spoon carving recently, and there's a moment when everyone knows what they're doing and it just goes silent oh. and it becomes like a little meditation of mm. you know, yeah, getting something done but also just enjoying the process and yeah. being like in that moment yeah um but also it sort of ties into something uh dave cockcroft was telling me and that's the sort of um that it's in the sort of olden days swedish woodcarver sort of old chaps might sit there and and carve something Mm. as a way to actually be able to connect with someone because yeah. you know they're not looking directly in their eyes and yeah they can say oh you know i'm feeling a bit sad well looking at their spoon and not yeah. not having to have such an intense sort of conversation of it. Yeah. Um, I love that. I really love that. I wonder, that would be great if your next podcast was, like, you did, you, people were carving spoons. Yeah. You were carving spoons with people. So, like, now we're sitting here in this, I mean, it's not that formal. <laughs> <laughs> we are just at my kitchen table. Yeah, we're drinking tea. And... <laughs> we're drinking tea. <laughs> But I, but definitely to have some, if I was like doing something with my hands at the same time. Hmm. Yeah, nice. I like that. There you go. I'm not going to bore you with all the rest. Oh, but... will you tell me afterwards then? Yeah, well, when, when I get to, what have I got there? That's maybe 10. So yeah. I'm a tenth of the way through my hundred. Yay. But um, yeah. Oh, I hope everyone does their hundred. Hmm. Um, and then... Um, well, yeah, then maybe that's a challenge for everyone who, I'm not just works on a building site, but yeah, you know, in however you you do your day to day, make a list. Yeah. So that an interesting thing that that anti-capitalist. Mm-hmm. How I, I'm not sure I fully follow how it's anti-capitalist. The hundred ways. Yeah. Um. Well. That's quite an in-depth <laughs> is that Is that maybe next time's uh, podcast? Um, maybe I'll just give a couple of examples of the way. So, um, so a critique of capitalism is... So it, it works with stretch and drink water. Mm-hmm. So, and one of the... One of the main um, aims of capitalism and the way to become a successful capitalist is purely to create profit, mm-hmm. solely to create profit. Right. And that comes, and that um, that aim goes above any, anything, absolutely anything else. Yeah. So what it means is, in that striving for profit, that other things it's necess- it's absolutely necessary. <laughs> to have some kind of, some oppressions and um to uh for other things to lose out for the sake of profit mm-hmm. and one of those things is our bodies 
So our bodies become the machine to make the product that produces the profit. Yeah. So things like stretching, drinking water, um, taking the time to have conversations about sexism and racism and um, prejudices that happen on site all the time, they won't. They don't directly produce profit. Right, I see. So, so um, in that way, so removing, so to actually put the to change that focus is an anti-capitalist act, in my opinion. Well, Emma, thank you so much. It's been wonderful. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. First of all, for even making this list, uh, yeah. and then especially for for talking with me today. Thank you very much. It's been great. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thank you so much to Emma for sparing the time to talk to us. She was putting off doing some lime plastering that day. Um, So I am very appreciative that she took the time out. You can hopefully find her list of 100 ways you can make your building site anti-capitalist on emmaappleton.co.uk. There's also an email list where you can sign up to be part of the discussion. Also, I want to say a big thank you to Dave Cockcroft. Dave is a spoon carver and chairmaker who's actually the subject of one of the Heartwind Building Sustainability podcasts. He was the person that put me onto hearing that moment of silence when when people are learning to spoon carve and when they're concentrating. So big thank you to Dave and really look forward to putting that podcast out sometime soon. And once again, before I go, just a reminder that you've got until the 19th of April to submit your student applications for our upcoming 2019 build. We are building two straw bale workshops from start to finish. uh, And if you'd like to be part of that, to come and learn the process and learn by doing, then please do get your application in. Read all about the programme on our website, heartwind.co.uk, and then you'll find the application form there. So once again, that's the 19th of April to get those applications in um, thank you very much for listening right to the end uh, if you do enjoy this podcast please do subscribe until next time see you bye hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out Quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.